0: Bonnie knows when you plant something, it keeps on giving. Growing from friend to neighbor to community. Generations of gardeners have trusted Bonnie for fresh, healthy vegetable and herb plants. Rely on Bonnie for quality plants, help, and support. Bonnie, gardening with you since 1918. BonniePlants.com
1: Morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host Joe Campanelli, and I am here this morning with uh, a friend of mine, someone whose work I greatly, greatly respect. Um, the very first producer in Barolo that I ever visited, um, the 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 first lady of Barolo, I say, uh, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Chiara Boski's from Epira winery uh here we have your wines on uh, uh Kiara, we have your wines on all of our lists i i i love your work so much i i think you're the, just a tremendous person a great great producer thank you so much for being here
0: thank you very much Thank you very much for inviting me sorry my my English is not perfect, but uh, I hope uh, i don 't make too many mess too many mistakes and messes. but thank you very much for me it 's a great honor and a great, great pleasure to be here with you. Uh, of course, I love you because you are such a nice guy, so talented and so it was a great opportunity for me to come here and talk to to you and your um, a listener?
1: Yes. That- okay. well, you can go off script now that that you said that I was great. You don't have to read the script anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, well, Carol, wel- welcome to the show. Uh, I-, I do want to note that uh, it is um, Women's History Month in America right now. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, in many ways, are a pioneer in uh, winemaking in Piemonte in the Great the my favorite wine making region in the world in, uh, in Barolo, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the struggles that that you might have had or, or were you very embraced early on, early on? What was it like being a woman at that time in Piemonte?
0: Oh yeah, uh, yes you're right. This uh, the Otto Marzo is uh, is a um, is a festa della donna uh, that we feel more in Europe probably than uh, here is not so um, well known. But uh, um, yes, is uh, um, is celebrating the concept is to celebrate the the woman liberation and so. Uh, but I have to say to you that uh, uh, my generation was already the generation that took advantage of all those uh, um, work and. That has been done by our uh, by uh, um, our mothers and our grandmothers, uh, who really um, struggled to get the same right, the same opportunities, uh, and gave us uh, the great uh, the, the freedom to choose what uh, what to do in our life. So um, I had already this uh, this opportunity. You know, my mother, like my parents, uh, had the life ruined by the war, the Second World War. So So their youth was uh, gone in a very sad period. And what they really wanted for their kids was a a better life and a better opportunity. So they gave me the possibility to study, which is uh, a kind of holiday (laughs) in a good way. I mean, I studied very much, of course, because I liked it. But uh, but then uh, they gave me the possibility to choose freely what to do. Uh, and this is a great great gift that life can give it to you so they did all the sacrifice and work so much to give uh, me and my brothers uh, uh, this opportunity so i was already uh, favorite in a way um, and uh, um, even if um, i had and you know before uh, for sure that this condition that the the situation I would say of the women were quite uh, pre-descripted because uh, uh, the women normally get married they have children and they were going away following the husbands that were um, very often taking them away from their original environment especially away from the countryside because you know I come from the the, the part of Italy this part of Italy but all Italy was uh, uh, very rural and um, there was a moment Especially after the, the Second World War, in which the people tend to abandon it the, the countryside because the life was so hard that you couldn't really make a living, and especially the the women's were happy to to marry someone that uh, took them away from the hard life of the of the countryside. So I was already um, I was lucky because uh, you know I was I started and uh, I had many many more opportunity and especially is freedom to choose what i want and it's funny when you when you leave the door of the cage open the, the birds never fly away and so I stayed uh, decided of course uh, that uh, I love the work that my parents were doing, I saw so much sacrifice they were doing, so much uh, they were doing this work with so much love mm-hmm. that uh, me and my brothers uh, of course were in love and uh, it's true that uh, I was one of the first women we make, but today you should see every winery is uh, the, the daughters and are involved and they are very brilliant, they are nice, so it's uh, very common today. But uh, yeah, my time, not so much. But I have to say that I've been uh, accepted by the group, especially. My group, the original group of the Barolo boys, you know, uh, and I was the Barolo girls for, for them <laughs> uh, And I've been accepted with the great great um, um, Friendship and uh, I've been uh, uh, Growing with uh, this group of friend way maker very Now
1: well. when you just de- when you decided to go to school and, and you said you didn't study analogy right away, did you?
0: No, actually not really because um, Again, um, in the family, there was a kind of division of the work. And the girls, theoretically, were not supposed to make uh, the more... Physical work like uh, you know winemaking or uh, or even the agriculture. Well, the agriculture, yes, in the sense that women has a very good hand uh, work. You know, so um, and you know that uh, the the agriculture for us is so important. We are farmers essentially first of all, and the work that you do on the plant is. Uh, I always said that more than viticulture is gardening because it's kind of a work of delicate uh, finesse. You know, and the women's are very good at that, uh, but um, not um, the other, I mean, the big work, like uh, to be a consultant or to study, you know, uh, to a uh, higher level. So, um, and of course, uh, my family, because I come from a nine-generation genera- uh, nine Winery family that uh, the house was established in 1761. So my mother was encouraging me to to do economics, uh, study languages. Uh, You know the girls uh, uh, are very good at that. uh, Also today, and in fact, if you see in the wine world. uh, they are um, uh, normally the girls are the, the beautiful face of the wineries. So um, and so um, they were asking me to do these things, but I never really liked to do deal with numbers or whatever. So so when so, you
1: finished school, you said, "I'm coming right back to the winery."
0: Yes, yeah. um, I did that. I, well, I did a little experience outside the house, mm-hmm. uh, outside the, um, the winery, which is good. I work actually for an American company, and uh, was uh, was good to make a little bit of experience. And then when I, because otherwise, when you came home, they always treat you like a, a young. A young person you know and, and uh, it 's different here in America. People is really thrown into the the work uh, well, very young, like you, for example, and <laughs> uh, uh, in Italy, the youngs are always kept a little bit on the back and um, which is a pity meantime and so i I had to you know to do also at home, uh, a little bit of work, uh, kind of more in the office at the beginning, but then I had much more passion for the work of the cellar and, uh, and the winery and the vineyard. And so when there was the occasion, the opportunity to, um, the, this, this small jewel winery came uh, on sale because the owner unfortunately died and uh, they were a good friend of my family. You know, I push my father like crazy. I start to say, "Look, uh, Dad, uh, you know, I'm not in the in this winery. It's not." Is not correct. I want to be treated exactly like my brothers. I and want just to have to an clarify, opportunity.
1: The family winery is the Borgogno winery, yeah. and then the one that came up was uh, uh, Luigi Pira. E Pira, uh, Enrico
0: Pira. Yeah, it's called E Pira and Figli. And so I I add my name, Karabowski. So because now of course there are many winery with. Uh, it's quite confusing. Confusing, I guess, uh, in Piemonte, because everybody has the same name, uh, in many occasions, and so and so now. Now everybody knows me like uh, Peter Peter Karabowskis, because there are, of course, uh, many very good wineries with uh, the same name.
1: And uh, what and the first vintage was 1990. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, the winery um, was purchased in 1980. But mm-hmm. uh, at that time, I was still uh, kind of uh, you know a little bit uh, young, and uh, I started. I really took uh, uh, the occasion to and kind of also broke break a little bit uh, with my father. There, uh, there was a moment of. Tension, I can say, because there was a moment uh, in the in the '90s, especially in the '90s, where um, you know me and other. Friend, uh, we were trying new road, new new ways. So we were experimenting, and uh, uh, and it was kind of um, very vibrant and lively moment, but also uh, with uh, some uh, incomprehension and some fight in a way. You know? Yes, because
1: that- this was a huge divergence from the way that mm-hmm. things were done in the past. Uh, Mm. Barolo in, in Italy, it's such a historic, maybe the most historic region, the longest tradition of high quality yeah, winemaking. Exactly. And, uh, and I'm sure that the people who, who, uh, had the idea of doing things in a particular way said, we have good reason to do it this way because it's been done for such a long time yes. and see, we've established a great name for ourselves, but something was going on at that time with you and your friends, um, that were, you guys were looking more towards the future as opposed to the past yeah. and, um what, tell us about that, about what, what were those conversations like when you were first like, maybe we should do things a little bit differently.
0: <laughs> exactly. You, you're right. You know, we were used to hear our father saying, oh, okay, our grandfather, uh, my father said, do this, my grandfather did this, my grand-grandfather did this, so we have to do this. But, uh, of course, um, the youngs are always a little bit revolutionary. This is in the nature, you know, so we wanted to 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 explore and experiment, and because we were a group. Uh, uh, I would say that I grew up with uh, some of the best winemaker that are actually a rock star and uh, um, great smart people. Really, people that uh, you know were so passionate that uh, I remember we were only talking about how to improve the quality, how to make better. Uh, we really wanted to make the wine better of the world. We wanted to be appreciated, uh, you know, uh, everywhere. And so we started to discuss or to try together we the occasion of course were to meet together um have good great dinners and great drinks to tell you the truth but was always with a a, a good uh, meaning because we were exchanging ideas and then we start to experiment so we were starting to experiment uh, those things that are not written on the books so we were trying different temperature fermentation different oak different this different that so and all the news ideas were immediately embraced and experimented right away so of course this group was being seen like yeah Revolutionary uh, at the beginning, and uh, also people was kind of uh, suspicious, of course. Uh, But uh, we, I think, we introduce uh, something that today everybody, even the the more traditional winemaker, introduce uh, absolutely uh, in their in their way of of vinifying and uh, and handling also the vineyard, because we started to. we understood, of course, that our great richness is the terroir, so, which doesn't mean all the soil, but the, the exposition and uh, the differences in the soil, uh, the difference in the microclimate, and also also this uh, importance of the indigenous variety that we have. So we realized that we had to play this. So we couldn't simply, I don't know, go like uh, plant a cabernet or whatever to become famous. No, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to... Uh, really concentrate on our variety and try to improve the quality. So we work very much, even more in the vineyard, um, decreasing the the crop, getting more and more expression and... um concentration in, uh, in in the in the grape some people went even too far you know there were kind of uh, the fathers were worried that we bankrupt completely because uh, we were throwing away almost uh, all the product all the all the grape to have very little you know la creme de la creme and so was
1: that mostly from green harvesting or, green pr- harvesting. or pruning to yeah everything okay. yeah to everything. really reduce the yield yeah,
0: yeah. And then uh, also the use of uh, clean And so new mm-hmm. barrels was necessary The tradition was to keep those hundred years old barrels But some were good But sometimes some were not good So we had to change and go in the direction Of having new new, new wood But also new cellar We restored We bought uh, We were spending, investing a lot of money To get the best equipment uh, Clean, uh, everything You know, even uh, re- restoring the cellars and uh, the third thing that we have been working with was uh, the concept uh, really to underline the terroir so we started to vinify the single crew while for example in the tradition way uh, the the wines were always blended Mm -hmm. uh, coming from different plots no wine the plot were blended we only have you know one hundred percent the same kind of wine, the same kind of grape um, but it was kind of the blend in order to make wines that were more homogeneous so and we started on the country to to push on the on that side on the diversity of the different terroir. and so um, and so today I think that the two ideas cohabitate, but for sure many 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 things that um, that we introduce uh, have been uh, uh, recognized as uh, smart. Then, of course, we made a mistake as well. So we went on, we come back, it's normal, you know. Yeah, I mean, these like. three
1: ideas of, of fully ripe grapes, cleanliness in the cellar, and showcasing specific single vineyard sites doesn't seem like it's that that radical. Uh, but I guess at the time... In Barolo, it was a, quite a departure from from what most people were doing. Um, we're actually going to take just a quick break. Uh, we'll be back with more on In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And we're back. on uh, In The Drink, uh, on org. I am here with Chiara Boskis of E, Pier, and Fili Winery. Um, and before we left, we were talking about uh, sort of the three major uh, changes and improvements that happened um, during the, the years of the 80s and, and the 90s when uh, Chiara and, and her friends started um, making wine uh, I wanted to dive down into a little bit more about the the generational shift mm-hmm. and the change that happened from um, your your parents' generation and the way they made wine and the way that they approached um, the business. And when you started uh, when you started making wine and uh, were, we're doing things like investing in new barrels and a yes. new cellar, and, and how did that go over?
0: Well, uh, you know, mm, as I was telling you before. Uh, after the Second World War, the country has to be reconstructed. So, uh, the generation of my parents, for example, they never really had any money. You know, actually, some a lot of people was almost starving, and that's why, for example, there was also a lot of immigration. You know, um, so there was not really uh, a, a future so clear at the at the beginning. But uh, and so I think that the generation of my parents. Um, has only been uh, working, 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 and that's it, all their life. And they were kind of also scared to, uh, to spend money, you know. I think that uh, uh, my generation started what was a little bit more the consumistic era, Probably. But I'm still in the middle because I I still was used. uh, My family uh, taught me to spare very much. And so don't spend the, the money if it was not super necessary. And of course, at that time, I realized that that investment was super necessary. But, at the eyes of the other, we look like crazy. We we're spending this so much money investing in the in the cellar, buying new barrels um, the buying new equipment. It was a lot of money. My father was scared. he said, "You will take me to to bankrupt you know and uh, so uh, and that's why also all these winemakers were looking at us. We look like the the generation with the hand uh, with the hole, you know, and uh, kind of <laughs> they were looking at us like if we were uh, so... Why buy a new
1: barrel if you can use it for a hundred years?
0: Exactly! <laughs> but the problem was that, that uh, some of those very, very old barrels really need to be replaced mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think that uh, today the quality of the wine in uh, my area has uh, grown up so much because everybody realized uh, how important it was to go for clean uh, and, the very, and more new equipment to increase uh, the, the quality
1: and uh, during our break you were telling me that you remember uh, growing up there there was quite a bit of burr that was stinky that was, that was off in some kind of way and, and now regardless of the producer it's hard
0: it's pretty hard to find A stinky Barolo <laughs> Well, stinky I mean um, <laughs> There were I mean As I told you Maybe some barrels Were not so So good So you could find uh, Some uh, more rustic I would more say rustic. More okay. rustic more Stinky rustic.
1: is my word Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Not yours.
0: So. No, a little bit more rustic So what we tried to To do was to work more On uh, giving more fruit To the, mm-hmm. to the wine So um, So all the way That we handle The fruit with a lot of care, also the temperature control during the fermentation. All those concepts were. in order to preserve the fruity side of the wine, you know. So, because you can do the wine, uh, I mean, uh, you don't really need, of course, all these sophisticated uh, equipment, expensive vat, temperature control, or things like that. You can do it in a a normal way. But, of course, the problem is that when you have, uh, I don't know, some extreme uh, situation, like temperature going up, or temperature going down, you may have some problem during the vinification. So, of course, uh, the Certain things Helps you To keep everything Always under control And to uh, Essentially to Preserve uh, The fruit That uh, Is very important For wine Like a Barolo For example That has a lot of Tannin And a lot of acidity So you need to have Fruit in front To kind of uh, uh, Come camuf- Make a Camouflage Of those uh, uh, Hard body That is behind You know
1: yeah, To balance it all out Yes
0: yeah. It's balance.
1: Uh, exactly. So you said that um, In those years In the 80s and 90s you are doing a lot of experiments, uh, yeah. Were there any that went drastically wrong? Did you try something and it was a terrible idea and you think about it now, you're like, how could I ever think of that? Like a, a sparkling, sweet nebula <laughs> or something like that?
0: Well, no, not, not really like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, what we were trying was uh, uh, really experimenting with, um, uh, of course, a small, small plot. I mean, it, the in order to have, to see the differences, uh, the idea was to make uh, kind of, the same wine, maybe uh, A small parcel in a very different way So that's been uh, pro, uh, tried Many, many kind of different things um, Temperature fermentation Or, uh, you know, time of fermentation So the only way is uh, to do that But of course, all the mistakes uh, in general Has been um, then uh, reverse on the table wine Or things like that Which was, I know, again Another waste of money in a way But uh, has been important to to try. And I have to say that there was a period in which uh, there were some winemakers doing this uh, um, kind of super Piemontese wine that Mm -hmm. were wine that allow really to experiment uh, uh, a lot uh, in this direction. But sure, we did some, um, maybe some mistakes were done. Too much oak, for example. Now we don't use so much oak anymore. We were using, there was a moment in where we were so fanatic. We were using 100% new oak every, every year. And that was really a waste of money because it actually we realized then that uh, the the oak was kind of interfering with uh, with the wine, and that is maybe the most common uh, mistake that we have made uh, in those days. And you
1: might you might just have answered my next question, but maybe you can think of something else as well. So you said before that um, that some of the producers who we might call very traditional have have learned from. The people who are changing things up uh, by by maybe reducing yield and and making a little bit more riper grapes and and additional cleanliness and uh, even some very traditional producers who do single vineyard uh, um, crew bottling have some of the more uh, modern and forward looking producers also kind of gone back Towards the way of, of the traditionalists That's that's something that I hear Time and time again yes. that, that there's less of a divide Between the most modern producers And the most traditional That everyone's kind of Coming towards the Absolutely. middle Absolutely
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Because of course uh, the, um, the traditional wi- wine Were great wine huh? When you were talking before About uh, some wine that were rustic that were maybe small farmer or whatever so we in our area we always had a very uh, very good uh, very famous and uh, great uh, wineries uh, uh, more classic in the vinification you know um, and, but Top, top quality wine, of course And uh, as I told you, yes uh, At the end, now I think that uh, We are going back uh, uh, And we meet uh, together in a certain um, In the middle For example, so the concept of the Crew Um, Okay, some people is uh, going on And uh, uh, even I do today for example I I do only two crew uh, that are so diverse but I make a very classic uh, uh, barrel and more traditional we can say with the concept of the of the assemblage so which is a, a great idea so Mm. Uh, or the the one uh, as I told you before, the mistakes that uh, we have been doing using too much uh, new wood. Today uh, we solve it by reducing, of course, uh, but also going back, for example, to the bigger barrel that is uh, very typical of the traditional uh, uh, heritage. You know, so things are, you know when the new things comes uh, looks always suspicious, but then uh, they are kind of digested, and we take the good and throw the bad. Yes. Yeah. And, as, again, but it's a, it things that help each other because, again, on the other side, uh, we take the good of the past and we try to improve what could be maybe something that, uh, you know, could have been improved.
1: And let's just go quickly through the different wines that you make. You, mm-hmm. you make a, a Barbera. Yeah, uh,
0: Dolcetto, Dolcetto, Barbera, that are the most common fresh uh, wine. They are all indigenous variety. And then uh, from Nebbiolo. Mm, The Barolo, that is uh, uh, the highest denomination And then uh, Nebbiolo Lange Which is a second second selection uh, That uh, in my case I use it for the younger vines And the younger grape And
1: your total production is only a few thousand cases Yes,
0: it's always very small I remain um, very small I only do 3,000 bottles Three uh, thousand cases uh, sorry thirty thousand thirty five thousand bottle altogether um, I have today I have uh, a, uh, eight actors that are around eighteen acres, uh, but my brother, my younger brother Georgia, join me and uh, helped me, so we are still a family. Um, Family farm mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. and the vineyards are all around your house, right? Uh, Very close. Most. So
0: I'm I'm located in Barolo, mm-hmm. and so I have some some vineyard in Barolo. But uh, mm, uh, when uh, when my brother joined me, we purchased a new vineyard in Monforte d'Alba, which is a, a great, great another of one of the great uh, place, uh, great villages of the denomination in a location that is called uh, Moscone and uh, is uh, and the wines are great in that area as well.
1: And for for the future is uh, you're gonna stay around this production level, or yes. is there?
0: I like small. I I like artisanal, you know, and uh, I like things uh, that you can do control your way. And I think that for the future, my interest is uh, absolutely in working in the side on the side of the of the vineyard better and better. So we are rethinking all the the um, the agriculture that has been done until today. I think that uh, we're going um, Toward a more and more clean and uh, environmental respectful uh, so i asked also the certification organic uh, some years ago in 2010 and uh, now I, what my idea is to um, to be testimonial and uh, to have more and more uh, people join in the in the in this direction and uh, uh, kind of having in the next future a complete uh, uh, biological district um, in uh, in the areas,
1: yeah. What do you think are some of the challenges to to getting there? Are there pr- are producers uh, 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 not wanting to do it because of uh, thoughts that it's it's much more challenging or more yes. labor intensive? Yes, it is, yeah.
0: and more expensive. So it's uh, really um, uh, there are some ideas, preconceived ideas, because of course. But it's true that it's uh, a lot of work and um, normally in our area there are small wineries and so uh, that uh, the family does themselves and so the timing is very important because you have to work on the the uh, pre-prevention you know Uh, you don't have to get uh, you don't have to Weight that uh, you have an infection so you have to work very hard that doesn't matter you know the the timing is, is so crucial and of course uh, you have uh, uh, an increase of cost very high mm-hmm. because uh, it's even more intense uh, the work because uh, mm, you have to yeah to work much much more
1: well i uh, I have no doubt that that uh that you're gonna continue you know one of the hardest working people in the world so uh that's always the you know i, I don't I don't know it firsthand but the the reputation um everyone says you know car's always working she's always in the cellar. she's always in the vineyards, always making sure that that everything is uh is going well and I'm sure that comes from the place of uh, of passion for for what you're doing mm-hmm. um i I absolutely I, I look up to you so much. I love I love what what you do. You do such great work. Um, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you very much for <laughs> inviting me. Uh,
1: and you can find the E.P.R. Uh, wines at uh, such notable restaurants as De La Nima, L'Artuzzi, and La Piccio. <laughs> uh, we, we carry them at all of our restaurants. Uh, as I said, I'm a big fan. So uh, thanks to all of you so much for listening. This has been In The Drink on org.